0: Hey hey everybody okay so we're back episode 6 I told you we'd probably be doing a double down on this one so you're actually getting two episodes here all in one but uh no I just started talking about my experience while I was in the coma I'm laying in this bed just to kind of uh, throw a quick summary out there laying in this bed I'm on life support I've got a ventilator hooked up I'm buried in ice blankets because it was severe fever I'm on all kinds of meds going through a plasma phoresis treatment where they're cycling my blood out and stuff and uh just just a quick deal on that okay when they was pulling my blood out and doing all that work to it it was actually kind of funny somebody from my family must have told uh the medical staff there when they were asking about my regular diet and stuff before i got sick when they were trying to figure everything out probably but uh somebody must have told them that that i uh drank a lot of Mountain Dew which I did back then okay before all this happened I was no health angel okay I was drinking Mountain Dew I was drinking eating gut bombs out of the gas station and fried food and uh, bacon is like one of the main food groups I think but uh I drank I you know I drank bad things you know it was lots of sugar and and just I wasn't making the healthiest choices when I came to my diet so but anyways, one of the doctors had found out about that. So when he came in, one of the times I was actually awake. And they were talking to me about the plasmapheresis treatment. He uh, he started kind of laying it on to me a little bit with uh, with some guilt about drinking Mountain Dew. He's, he's like, well, so we did this treatment called plasmapheresis, which is a plasma exchange. He's like, and I was concerned. And I'm just kind of staring at him, listening. Because obviously I can't communicate with him. So he's just talking and I'm all ears. But he's like, we pulled your blood out. And your blood had been so diluted with Mountain Dew that it was yellow. Okay, your blood was yellow. And I'm just laying there like, oh my god. I This whole thing is caused because I drank too much Mountain Dew. So I instantly inside got a chuckle out of it but at the same time was like oh man i gotta start taking better care of myself but anyways so we're doing the plasma phoresis treatment i'm in a coma they got they keep putting me in and out you know trying to fight this fever trying to get everything shut down so my body can make some kind of a chance at at regaining some of itself back and everything is just i i got hit so hard It, it uh it, it was a very difficult difficult time so trying to get trying to get everything uh, shut down and and get my body back to where it was kind of coming back to it. So any kind of response would have been a good response and we just weren't getting it it was it was a very bad time so but anyways i was in the last episode i told you about the first dream i had so these uh episodes are about the dreams so let's get into the dreams and i uh, i kind of carried on at the beginning of the last episode about my personal experience the other day or yesterday with uh my kids driving and stuff and it was it took a little time but i love telling the stories like that so so anyways i had this dream and like i said i this dream involved me actually getting up and walking out of the hospital or walking out to the nurse's station grabbing a wheelchair and wheeling out of the hospital on my own i took my jeep went home my girlfriend and her family were fighting in the living room and i turned around and went right back to the hospital Sometimes, somehow lost some time there and uh and i get back to the hospital my jeep gets towed i seen that out the uh elevator window I'm sometimes questioning that elevator but but no i get back up there i tell them hey my jeep just got towed and they're like, well, you need to get back in there and get laid down because the doctor will be in soon and yada yada yada. And so that was that was kind of where I left you guys on the last time. So I told you to remember those details of the dream. Now here's the weird part about being in and out and in and out and in and out of a coma. So I personally feel like the stuff that happens in your room, the things that are said. The things that are going on in your room. I personally feel like that stuff, when you're in that state and you're not in your own coma, you're in more of an induced situation. I feel like everything that's said in your room, all the things that people say, the nurses, your family, all that stuff is still absorbing into your mind. Because here's what happened. I told you that my Jeep got stolen. So at one point in time, they brought me out of this coma. Now, when, they, when they'd get me to the point of waking up and stuff, or they'd have family in there or whatnot, and they'd bring me up and wake me up. Okay, so at times like that, my aunt that was taking care of all my legal stuff and everything with this whole situation, a total godsend to me, she'd come in there and she would give me updates on everything going on outside of that hospital while I was in there dying. Okay, so... I wake up to my aunt informing me that my Jeep got stolen so now how ironic is this in my dream I just dreamed that it got taken out of a handicapped parking space by a tow truck in real life it got stolen so I had that going on but at the same time the fight in my living room at a completely different place okay in my dream I walked in my girlfriend and her family are fighting in my living room. Okay, I I woke up just slightly, woke up, and one of her family members was in my room, and uh, and one and one of her friends, one of our friends, she she ended up coming into the room, and come to find out, the whole fight in my living room was a real deal, and everything that I was hearing in that dream about that fight, when I went home and was gonna try to sleep in my own bed was all stuff that was really happening so the only thing i can think of at one point in time i would opened my eyes and one of her family members was there so i'm thinking that's where the click in my head was that they were that they were there you know that i that her family had came down to to see us and and uh, they had stopped in to see me at the hospital and uh the friend of ours was down there. And when I woke up just a little bit for her while she was in that room, she was crying beside my bed and was talking about um, a fight that had happened, an argument that had happened between my ex-girlfriend and her family. So everything was just kind of playing out. It was a really, really weird experience. So everything that I was dreaming about was stuff that was, and similarity really happening outside of my hospital room out there in the real world you know and out there in life you know all the stuff i was missing out on i was dreaming about it It was kind of crazy but the dreams started getting weird okay so they were doing these injections and stuff and they actually ended up doing another round of ivig so i told you that one of their deals right at the right off the bat one of their lines of defense was a round of IVIG a five day process of infusion IVIG so we did the plasma phoresis did the blood exchange and uh, I still wasn't right to par so they figured they were going to do another round of the IVIG okay so I start having a dream now as a kid I grew up with a family that was in the really awesome rock music the 70s the 80s blue oyster cult uh a movie that i probably shouldn't have seen as a kid was uh heavy metal (laughs) okay uh i was in my early teens maybe 12 13 years old and when i watched pink floyd's the wall for the very first time and i was fascinated with that movie that movie was just something else you know and i was a musician so i was just into it you know one of my first songs i had ever played uh was uh stairway to heaven led zeppelin you know what guitar players always pick up that song right away so it's just one of those things but then you know i was into ozzy osbourne and i had a randy rhodes was like one of the guys that i just thought was the coolest guitar player and everything and then pink floyd fell right into that line so i was like man this movie is awesome all my bands leonard skinner and everybody should be making movies so i end up watching pink floyd and the scene in there when everything just kind of goes to like this crazy hell and it goes into an animated scene with the the airplanes from the war and uh the, the death birds, as I used to call them. But that stuff, all that stuff is kind of what ended up playing out in my head. In these dreams. And it was kind of weird. So they're doing these infusions and stuff. And they're giving me these shots and everything to try to keep this fever at bay. i had been running this fever now for a few weeks. And uh, buried an ice sin and out of a coma, having a hard time. So I'm having this dream. Okay, now I've got an ex-wife at this time i still have an ex-wife okay that's my three older kids it's their mom you know and and her and i are actually really good friends i i'm actually pretty good friends with with both of uh the mothers of my children you know and something i'm actually really proud of that i get along with with their moms as well as i do And we co-parent really well but uh my ex my oldest three's mother for some reason in this dream i'm having this dream and in my dream i'm fighting this really crazy fever and my body starts to go paralyzed okay in the dream i'm not paralyzed out the bat i i start to go paralyzed and i'm just this like uh this like i fall into like a vegetable state like i i go into a really bad state there and the only thing i can do is talk and I'm talking to all these people and one of the things that comes in is this animated monster and it's this like devil like bird thing i don't know even what it is but i can really really see it in my mind i should someday just sit down and draw a picture of what i what i'm seeing there but anyways it's like this thing is like on my side but practicing this weird witchcraft i don't know what the deal is there but but i start getting these pains Okay, so I go paralyzed and I start getting these pains in this dream, and uh, these pains are like really intense burning pains. Okay, now there's there's a reason for this. I'll get to it, but I'm having these pains and stuff, and I'm freaking out and I'm crying and I'm just losing my mind. And this devil-like creature that's in this dream basically summons <laughs> my ex-wife. To uh, let me know what was happening. So she was actually practicing some kind of weird witchcraft. And uh, was actually um, giving me these shots. I didn't know it. She was giving me these shots in the back of my neck that was causing this paralysis. So I don't know actually where this came from in the dream. But it was just one of those really weird occurrences. And some of these dreams are beyond weird okay but this was one of them that my ex-wife was responsible for me being paralyzed and being in a bunch of pain so the way this devil-like creature that was part of my imagination apparently it would cure that was it would give me a shot with this like claw thing in the back of my neck and it would take away all the pain and stuff and it was it was uh It was a weird dream. This is actually one of the dreams that happened multiple times over and over and over and over again. I'd be having this dream and and like a week of time would go by or two weeks would go by. Just a very, very, very vivid dream. It was, it was crazy, but, but yeah, I always thought it was kind of, kind of of funny in a way and weird that, uh, you know, and then, and then I started thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe part of this is, is, uh, because of some of the bad decisions I made in my past, you know, choosing my cell phone sometimes over listening to my ex talk. It was one of those things, you know, it was a real con- uh, contribution to my change of outlook on life. So, but that was what was going on there. And, and so in real life, so where does that relate in real life? This pain. Okay. So this pain, I'm going through this part of my experience with Guillaume where pain starts to turn into a real thing now a lot of people are like you're paralyzed you're not feeling anything that is not true with this i think i've said that before not true with this okay sensory nerves in most cases are still working very well you can actually the way it was explained to me you can actually feel some of your own nerve damage So I've got very heavily damaged nerves by this time. My whole body. Feet upon feet upon feet of nerves that are completely destroyed. I'm feeling it. People would come in and go to roll me over and stuff so they could clean me up or reposition me or whatever the case was. And it would hurt. Just touching my skin was the worst pain I'd ever felt. They were trying to put these boots on my feet they're called potus boots they put them on my feet and the purpose of them is to keep your foot up into that neutral position and it's to prevent foot drop and some of them have a circulatory mechanism in them that helps keep the blood flow in your feet because you're not out walking so you are at risk for developing clots and stuff so you got that stuff going on and uh the boots hurt when i would wake up i mean i'd be in tears because of the pain in my feet just from the boots being strapped onto my feet it was a very painful experience i i uh, i had a lot of dreams a lot of the dreams that i was having while i was in my comatose periods uh was related to the pain i was experiencing in, in real life um i remember having one of the dreams was i was I don't know how this happened, it must have came from a movie or something, but I, one of the dreams, I was actually fishing, I was in a boat, and uh, the uh, the water for some reason was extremely hot, like at a boiling temperature almost, and I fell out of the boat, and I was burning, and I remember coming up out of the water, and every time i come up out of the water, I'd look at my arms as i come up splashing out of the water in pain. I look at my arms and my skin was like melting off it was burning so bad so those those were some of the dreams i was having but it was crazy when i'd have a dream and something would come up and I, i'd wake up out of the coma and i'd have family or friends in there they would inform me of things that was happening and uh outside in the real world and it was actually stuff i was dreaming about so i really honestly feel like when you're in that situation that everything outside everything that you're here that's going on and people are talking about and stuff i really do feel like it it filters into your mind a little bit maybe has an influence on what you're dreaming about if you're dreaming or if you wake up it's just a thought that's there because you heard it uh i feel like that's how the the human brain works i i had a long adventure with very crazy vivid dreams like that um some of those dreams i mean were just so far-fetched i could sit there i could literally sit in, and write fictional horror movies and stuff based on the dreams i had while i was in and out of the coma so some of those dreams some of those dreams were painful okay so i had i had some stuff going on some stuff going on in my life outside of the hospital that was really happening. And and I was having dreams about it. Uh, my ex girlfriend at the time. So this had to be a very hard situation for her. She had never been to a big area like Colorado Springs. I mean Colorado Springs is pretty big. Okay, it's way bigger than the the biggest town up here in Northeast Wyoming that we hang out in is less than 30,000 people. Okay, and when you go to a place that's got over half a million people in it, it's it's almost a culture shock and it's it's a big it's a big thing. So I can only imagine kinda of what she was going through. She had never really travelled, she'd never been out doing stuff. So I can I can only imagine what she was feeling. The guy that just brought her here, the guy that was that was uh, somewhat the primary provider and stuff in her life at the time and, and for our for our kid who at this time was about seven months old. Okay, so that guy that had been that primary provider is now laying on life support in the ICU, and you're in a city where you don't know really anybody. But now things things could have been handled a lot differently with on her end of that, and and she's she's a very honest person. So this to this day, like I said, we still get along really well. But uh, at that time, like. Things were happening okay and the crazy part about it was i somehow was sensing all that because i was having dreams about the different things that were happening and uh she kind of stepped away from our relationship she stepped away from it she somewhat moved on there and i was not aware of what was going on so i just i would have people tell me when they would come into my room and they'd wake me up and stuff I'd have people tell me, you know, well, we haven't seen her in a while, or she's gone, or my son ended up back up in uh, northern Wyoming with some other friends of mine, and uh, and some some crazy wild things were happening up there as well during this time. But my son ended up up in Wyoming with some friends of mine, and my ex was out doing her thing, and. Uh, and it wasn't a good situation. It wasn't a good situation for, for me because I really did care about her. I still do. Uh, she is my son's mom. So, But even then, it was a bad situation for her as well. Some of the decisions that were made probably weren't the best ones. And uh, she went through a lot with that. Um, it's definitely something that I don't hold against her. But the crazy part about the whole situation was I was having dreams about it. I was having dreams about all of it and uh, I actually had an experience there when I woke up out of one of my dreams I was having this intense crazy dream my cousins were there and uh, it was crazy because it like was a flashback dream only I was in an ambulance going into the hospital I was paralyzed and uh, my cousins were there and everybody was out in the waiting room the weird part was was they took me back to a room I was paralyzed and I somehow ended up sitting out in the living room and watched my cousin get into a dispute with some guy that was in the waiting room that was claiming to be my girlfriend's boyfriend and it turned into a into a uh, big fight out in the uh, waiting room my cousin was yelling at the guy telling him to leave the guy was like no not until I see Shane and tell him what's going on out here and yada 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 so that was what I was dreaming about I came out of the dream and, uh, there was out of the corner of my eye, I'd woke up. They'd woke me up for something, but out of the corner of my eye, there was a yellow coat. I could see a yellow kind of blurry image to my right side, sitting in a chair and, uh, I'm laying there and this is in real life. This is out of, out of the dream. I just woke up. I'm laying there, and I see this coat. Somebody in this yellow coat. It was a bright yellow coat. They stand up. This guy walks up to the edge of my bed, and he says, Dude, he's like, I I cannot even start to imagine what you're going through, man. I, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I just I feel like I need to come in here and say this. And uh, he starts to go on to inform me about... Uh, my son's mom stepping outside of our relationship and that they had had a thing going on and stuff and it was a really really hard uh setting for me I had no idea who this guy was I had no idea how he managed to get into my room um but he was there and he was there in real life and he was there to basically rat her out for stepping outside of our relationship and and uh he proceeds to pull his cell phone out of his pocket and show me a video just to prove his point i guess i guess the guy had to make my situation even darker for some reason i to this day still have no idea who this guy is and i've asked asked my ex about it and she's about as confused as i am about who the guy was um but there was a lot going on at the time so i mean it there it could have been a number of different people and um but they they stepped into this world of mine i was going through what i was going through and i honestly had no care in the world about uh about that my my priority at the time was trying to survive what i was going through i was in such bad shape that at this point in time i still didn't think i was going to live through it i thought that all this effort that we were doing the the treatments the uh, infusions everything I honestly at this point in time had kind of mentally gave up the only thing i was really caring about was my kids that was the one thought in my mind so i'd be having these little dreams and it was crazy because i'd have these dreams my kids were never in them um they were in some of the later dreams but at these at this time it was like these dreams a lot of the bad things going on in my life was the stuff i was having a dream about now when i was talking about her stepping outside of our relationship the fight in the first dream that i was just talking about a little bit ago the fight in my living room which i later found out was all related to this whole same situation and uh but like i said you know it's it's something i i know i've had a lot of people and i've told people that story and i've had a lot of people be like man that chick is you know no good and whatnot and you know what i it is what it is and it's something that obviously i do not hold against her like i said it's a situation where i'm sure she was scared freaked out and kind of going through her own thing there it was a lot to take in uh for one person in it. and yeah things could have been handled differently but you know what that's that's not how it is in the heat of the moment sometimes the uh, decisions are made spontaneously and sometimes they're not the right decisions but it's something that I, I, uh, like I said, we do a good job getting along and, and co-parenting to this day, but, but yeah, so I'm going through these dreams, come to find out all, all of them are accurate. Uh, the Jeep had gotten stolen and then it got recovered and it was somebody stripped it and ditched it, ran it off a cliff or something. And we actually ended up getting it back. The sad part was, is I had a lot of personal possessions in there that came up missing. Um, so there was a lot happening outside that i was dreaming about on the inside and then obviously the guy coming into my room and stuff was just i was always getting this verification every time i would wake up i can't move i'm staring at the ceiling when i open my eyes the only thing i can do is count the dots and the ceiling tiles and uh but i've always got somebody coming into the room that's reassuring me that everything that i'm dreaming about is stuff that's really happening outside so it uh it was a crazy 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 deal you know um some of the craziest dreams, and and quite honestly, to this day, six years later, I am still having some weird, like flashback dreams. And like I, like I was telling telling you guys in the last episode, I believe, or the episode before was, when they when they put the uh, tube in my throat to set up the ventilator. That is a common dream that I still have to this day. So, dreams are dreams are a big part of that whole uh comatose stage for me anyways i'm sure everybody responds differently and it's a different story for everybody but but that was a big deal for me was the dreams and uh i could go on and on and on about the dreams uh one thing that was going on as i said my young or my youngest son was up here in wyoming uh with some friends of mine and something that had happened and i woke up at one of them times uh completely devastated because i was having this dream that i had a really good friend through school, she was one of my best friends uh, there, out of my hometown and whatnot. And uh, that friend of mine, she had she had been going through some stuff, uh, and that's where my kid was. So my kid was up there with her, and I was informed when I came out of uh, one of the one of the comatose, uh periods there. I came out, and my aunt had informed me that. My best friend's little girl died. Okay, now we're talking toddler little girl, a couple years old. And uh, that she had passed away, and it it was a bad thing. So I'm laying there, and I'm completely devastated because, and this is where the emotional side and the mental side of this whole situation goes downhill for me, completely downhill, was the death of my friend's daughter. I lost it right there. Because there I am laying in a, in a hospital. I can't move. I can't talk. I can't even call her on the phone and tell her how sorry I am to hear this information. Like, I can't go to the funeral. I can't be there to hug her. Like, I start to fall into this depression. This is the first part of the depression. And I went through multiple depressions throughout this whole deal. And that was the that was the first big one that I fell into, was the fact that I knew that my best friend had just lost her little girl my son was there uh, and it was a very tragic loss it was it was something that disrupted the whole town I mean this was a very sad situation and I couldn't do anything about it and uh emotionally destroyed me I would lay in that bed for every time I'd wake up that would be the first thought in my head for a long time there it's a very, very sad deal. But depression turned into being a big part of the story. So when we get into the next episode, because we're running out of time here, we're going to start talking about some of the depression and stuff that comes along with this situation. Because uh, those are the stories that, uh, that are really out there to help everybody. But anyways, we're at the end of the episode. We'll see you in episode 7. God bless. Everybody have a good night.